1: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The DFS Studio is brought to you by DraftKings. <clears throat> The Fantasy Footballers DFS and Betting Podcast with your hosts, Kyle Borgannoni and Matthew
2: Betts. Welcome in. We're back. It's Tuesday, November 14th on the Fantasy Footballers DFS and Betting Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Borgannoni, and I am joined, as always, by Matthew, NBA Props Thought Leader Betts.
0: Not me, dude. That's you. You're the thought leader in the NBA prop space, which you can get on Kyle's exclusive Patreon for, what is it, $19.99 a month, Kyle, for those five-star locks of the week. So, um, yeah, shout out to you. We, we we started doing a little research yesterday just to peek behind the curtain for everyone. And because, uh, you know, Monday, we only have one game, right? One NFL game. And we're like, man, like, what's going on in the NBA tonight? Okay, we got four games, got a four-game slate. I'm not kidding, Kyle. I think two hours went by before I did any actual work <laughs> thanks to uh, our props, uh, you know, I'll call, it a, I'll call it an obsession. I don't know if that's the right word, but um, our passion. Oh, there you go. And uh, and so it was a slow Monday for me. So we were able to get a couple things down yes. and and hit one, which was good. And I know you had a good night, too. So it's always fun.
2: Yeah. And, and you know that because you said that out loud, that our Discord channel is going to ask you every single day for... I You know what? Maybe maybe that will be something. If I have an NBA one, I'll give it out. They're like, yeah. oh, I like this one the most. Like yesterday, it was Drew Holiday. Overs, rebounds. That's the one I felt strongest about a hit and uh you took one of jason tatum so maybe that's it like i i, I we're not guys this, there's no fantasy basketballers uh we not don't yet. have time time for that um and football never actually <laughs> football is <laughs> is so helpful for the process i think that's what you and i like is moving from this podcast on a tuesday to our podcast friday and our best plays over the weekend and hopefully you get to ride with us the whole way uh it's super fun but yeah it's it is quite fun that we have action i think Every single person, you know, whatever you play, and if you're DraftKings Sportsbook, you know, underdog, Prize Picks, whatever site you're using, it's more of like the journey of finding the edge with these props is like in itself a fun journey. And then if you if you could hit it and you get a win, that's even better. Please don't just parlay everything. I I see that all the time. Like, do not parlay all of our props on Monday night. You would have done that, and you would have been you would have felt terrible because Jaleel McLaughlin forgot how to play football all of a sudden and that made me feel terrible.
0: That was a bummer. That was a painful experience to watch. Uh also equally painful, but like just in a stressful situation was James Cook. If you played him on showdown, if you have him in your season long league or, or dynasty or whatever, or he took the under on his rushing attempts, it was like, man, one quarter in, like he might not touch the field again. And then all of a sudden it felt like every time he was on the field he was going to touch the ball every single time. So we were able to, to hit that. We had uh what, two of three I think last night Yes. Anytime you hit two or three props in a game, you're going to be very happy. But like you said, if you just play them as singles, you profit. If you play them as just a three-slip parlay, you come up empty, right? So that's just the really tough thing about those parlay sites. Not that you can't play them, but they're not fun. I know a lot of people that have success. It's just a very different edge. It's honestly a different game, uh, you know, so to speak.
2: Yeah. On this podcast, Betts and I are going to look forward. We're going to talk about Week 11 We are over halfway of the regular season, but once again, we go all the way through the playoffs. We are a little too invested in playoff DFS, which is super fun. You know, you get four games, you get two games, you get, you kind of these different strategy type games. So all the way through the playoffs, we'll be talking about that. Uh, We'll be reviewing our cash and then looking at the week 11 main slate. So let's talk cash. Straight cash, homie. I think we have to open up this segment talking about Tony Pollard. Do we have to? I, I feel like, is he like. So last year, DeAndre Swift for Mike and I was like the number one player we were most mad at. Is Tony Pollard like your least favorite player in the league right now?
0: I th- think so. And <laughs> it's only because if I go back to the summer, man, I was. When he was in the back of the second round on underdog, you know, DraftKings best ball. It was like an auto pick. It was like, man, this guy has a first round profile. We're getting a full round discount. Uh, Spoiler alert, we are not getting a full first round discount on Tony Pollard, Uh, who, you know, in in the early part of the season, it looks great. Uh, And recently, especially over the last three weeks, Dallas has just completely shifted their mentality. They know it goes through Dak and Dak is playing at an MVP level. Currently, he's been awesome. CeeDee Lamb currently is just on fire, like historic pace of what he's done over the last month. So you can't blame Dallas for doing that. And I thought people that played Dak and CeeDee Lamb stacks over Pollard's leverage yes. was super sharp in tournaments because we always get super uh, concerned and scared. And you're like, well, it's you know 17-point favorite. They're at home. like Pollard's going to definitely run 25 times, and they're not going to have to throw in the fourth quarter. But it's like, man, if they have an efficient game, and in three quarters, three and a half quarters, they put up 40 points there's a pretty good chance Dak's a part of that, right? So we always get way concerned about the game script aspect of things in the NFL. But if you just bet on Dallas and their team total and you had leverage on Pollard, I thought that was really sharp for tournaments. I played Pollard and cash. It was just another week of the Pollard cash experience, which is not good for anyone. Yeah, Dal-
2: Dallas basically said, Dak, you get five touchdowns. And the way that you're going to give them out is, you know, Ceedee Lamb, you get two; Gallup, you get one; Cooks, you get one; Turd Ferguson, you get one; Rico Datto, you get one. But Tony Pollard, you get none. You get no so you. touchdown. <laughs> it, so what's,
0: what's so funny about that too? Was one of the Lamb touchdowns was a Russian touchdown, right? And it's just like, come on, man, that is the absolute, you know, uh, frustrating situation. But yeah, what are your? Uh, let's let's just do a quick little fast forward here. Tony Pollard takes on the Carolina Panthers. He's week, in my lineup Kyle. right now. Okay, that's all I need to know. Yeah, um, we'll talk
2: we'll talk about him 6600, right?
0: Yeah. Oh, man. We'll see. <laughs> <Yeah>. We'll see.
2: <laughs> I try to hold this loosely. I talk to people all the time in Discord like whatever you're putting in your lineup early in the week, just you know, it's just based on feels, based on vibes. Start your cash pool, but like do not lock players in. Um so Tony Pollard, the question I've been getting is Tony Pollard and the Dallas defense, were those wrong plays? I played them both in cash. And in double ups, the Dallas defense was played 45, 50% by the field. So, whenever you have a player that's super popular, you have to ask your question can they hurt me? And if I pivot, are there other options? There was really only two defenses people played, right? They played Dallas or Arizona. And because Arizona fell flat, like the field, it just didn't matter. It like Dallas was almost like irrelevant. And so, I would say playing the Dallas defense didn't hurt you. In your cash builds, you know the biggest point on this past slate was: did you play one of the punt wide receivers that we talked about? Did you play Noah Brown or Trent Irwin? And if you played one of those, it opened up salary to get to Amon-Ra, Jamar Chase, uh, CD Lamb, CMC. Like one of those guys were probably in your lineup, and you did okay. But I think the middle tier was the hardest to sort out this week because you had the wide receivers: the Hollywood Brown, uh, Tank Dell, uh, Deontay Johnson. DeAndre Hopkins like those are the plays that you know that was what mattered in cash I was fortunate because I love DeAndre Hopkins and I told you I wanted to play him his salary didn't work for my roster and instead I played Bijan and that and I was fortunate in that kind of 1v1 swap that I trusted Arthur Smith for just a hot second but uh that that's kind of what make or break the slate in my opinion
0: yeah that range was definitely interesting especially for tournaments too. It was like, that's where all the chalk was condensing. And so you had interesting leverage points there. I know people played, some people played Deontay Johnson. Uh, He obviously didn't have an awesome outing. Marquise Brown failed, but really it was like, yeah, uh, Tank Dell was kind of the key from that range that you needed in cash, which he was played at a high level. Uh, I think a very good play for obvious reasons without Nico Collins um, in the game environment that truthfully I thought was going to potentially fail it did not fail. <laughs> it did not fail at all. Um, it was crazy, and, and it was definitely that back-and-forth affair. And so, yeah, that was one spot that I definitely was was off of for tournaments that I wish I would have been on. But like you, I, I had a very similar lineup. I actually ended up playing Hopkins over Bijan. Um, Arthur's in my head, dude. Straight up. Like, he's just... He's in my head. <laughs> and we finally saw Arthur Smith come out, and I think he felt the heat of the media and the public and whatever... Ah, uh, Bijan Robinson had his highest carry count of the season, his highest total opportunities going back to like week one or week two or something like that. So he listened to the people, and I think there was an, an article too from uh, the Athletic with Diana Rossini that mentioned like their plan was kind of just to slow play Bijan all along. I don't know if that's accurate or not, or if they just were saying that in hindsight because they got so much pushback. But I'm I'm interested to see what happens moving forward with Bijan because if he is going to be priced in the low six k, mid six k range, and he gets that workload then he's underpriced. But if Arthur comes out and pulls the rug out from underneath of us again, no one would be very surprised. But yeah, I played Hopkins. Titans just overall failed in that spot. Um, so it was an interesting slate, no doubt about it.
2: Yeah, and if you're staying with us, I just want to recommend like our best plays, I felt like once again, were just super strong. Like here are here are the guys we recommended. Play Amon Ra or Chase. Play one of the punt wide receivers and then fill somebody else in. Um, and so that, that's just felt like, and Gino was with the player that we just said, It was frustrating. That first half was so frustrating. You and I were like, what is going on? And he got there. So I feel like our best plays have been super good. I've been on a hot streak, which scares me in cash. You know, whenever you feel that, like I remember last year, you on a hot streak and every week you're like, oh my God, this is going to be the week it falls out. So it's felt really, really good. But I did want to highlight a couple of listeners. These are straight from our Discord. Uh, some of ours that posted, this is Seth, a Foot Clan member that won $1,000 placing ninth in a tournament. Um, just a Burrow double stack. My boy Keenan Allen, who just went nuclear. I mean, I have a home league team bets that I showed you that I put up 196 in a half-point league. And then another league that I have Lamb and Keenan Allen put up 208. Keenan Allen, Ooh. man. I need Dude, what was down.
0: fun? Uh, I didn't land on this combination, unfortunately. But I did play one golf double with Ra and Laporta, and then I played Eckler instead of Keenan. That would have been such a fun combination to have. My goodness, like those dudes, like they're literally built for DraftKings, where it's just PPR over and over again. Hit the hundred yard bonus, maybe you get a touchdown, maybe you don't. It doesn't really matter. Those guys are just so good. So it was fun to see. I feel like that's your guy and my guy. Yes, going back and forth there in a game that. I also mentioned on the show I was a little worried about the Chargers, dude. It's crazy what they have done with the playmakers or lack thereof that they have. So, hat tip to them.
2: Yeah, and a couple other ones I want to give a shout out to the Footwad, also a Foot Clan member on Discord. He said Chili's is calling my name this week. Thanks, Borg and Betts. Uh, plays 13th in a tournament on FanDuel, and then uh, another one that I saw. Someone uh, Gustav said I turned twelve dollars into a huge profit today not quite enough to be able to quit my job but not uh good enough for a nice meal at Chili's courtesy of the DFS pass and that's that's really where all this money's heading like you guys don't know this but all the money we make from DFS pass is just donated right to Chili's
0: (laughs) yeah we should have told people that back in August they could just you know buy some stock (laughs) if that even exists in Chili's
2: (laughs) guys Chili's is like a long-standing like joke slash like we really talk about it like i really do go there and i I haven't really talked to our manager about it but i was like we give enough free shout outs to this place i'm sure they've made some revenue off of this podcast that maybe we need to partner so you know if you want to tag the ballers and just say hey make chilies happen like you know that that could work that's all i need is make chilies happen that's uh (laughs) that would be that would be it all right let's move on state of the main slate we're on to week 11 and we will be using the lines on DraftKings sportsbook it's where bets and i play you can go to sportsbook.draftkings.com we're going to check in with a couple wagers and one that i am feeling terrible and i mean terrible because last week i came on this podcast and said hey there's one wager you need to make it is the saints over on their wins and they got their butts handed to them um by the Vikings it looked really bad they lost Michael Thomas probably for a while and probably Marshawn Lattimore and maybe Derek Carr so no big deal bunch of injuries they still can do it they can still go 5-2 and two the rest of the way and make it but that is not looking good my friend my Bills under is looking amazing but my Saints over is looking terrible what's going on with the Bills dude are they just broken or what it's, you know it, it. I always feel like they're one playmaker short that's that's how Especially I feel. So then the off season. I know I, it's and their defense is not the same Bills defense that we once thought. So
0: they're also dealing with a ton of injuries on defense. Matt Milano's out. Trey White's out. They have one of those starting safeties out last week. One of their D tackles was out too. So uh, actually, I was looking just doing a little prep for showdown. This could be a little teaser for just Bills games moving forward. They get the Jets this week, so probably doesn't matter. But um, they've been bottom five in like dropback EPA. Uh, success rate, stuff like that. So, like their defense over the last month has been bad from the underlying efficiency metrics. They played well last night. The offense just, man, that was rough. Um, I also want to give a shout out to everyone that's holding a ticket for Patriots under seven and a half. It is unraveling so quickly in New England. We have a potential quarterback change. Um, that just, when your starting quarterback does not come out for a game winning potential drive with two or three minutes left in the game, That just tells you everything you need to know about the season. So if you're holding a Patriots under ticket at even money, that thing's cashing like, what, in two weeks at this point? It's been rough for the Patriots.
2: And I want to give one more season long. The Carolina Panthers, I don't know if you knew this, Betts, they're 1-8. and And we took the under on their win total. That was one of our biggest ones. Do you remember what their win total was before the year?
0: It was also 7.5, yes.
2: Yes, so basically we need the Panthers to... They have to go seven and one over their final eight games.
0: I and like their this chances this week. They get an easy spot against the Cowboys. You know, no big deal.
2: <laughs> yeah, ten and a half point home dogs. So that one, we can't pop the champagne yet, but it's looking pretty good. You I'm can not put gonna, it on ice. I'm not going to spend the money yet. I'm not going to charge no, it. Not, not yet. Don't don't do it. Um, let's talk about week eleven. And the thing that stinks about this week is that the best games, the best games that just from a football perspective and then DFS are not on the main slate. So Cincinnati and Baltimore's Thursday night. That should be super fun. And then your Eagles go to Kansas City on Monday night, which both those teams are rested coming off the bye. That's an awesome game. Neither of those games are on the slate. But what if I told you that the Cardinals-Texans game would have a higher over-under than Eagles Chiefs.
0: I saw that, and I was like, that cannot be right. Uh, but it is, yeah, 48-point total for that game. I I mean, I think it's going to be the most popular on the slate just because of the tight spread and the high total. But yeah, it's it's kind of wild that that's higher than a, a Jalen Hurts, Pat Mahomes matchup is Kyler and a rookie quarterback and C.J. Stroud, who, by the way, is he in the MVP conversation? He won't win it. I don't know if if they make the playoffs and he keeps playing the way he's played. I'm just saying, dude, I don't think it's crazy.
2: Uh, you know, me, I'm, I love CJ Stroud. I've been banging the drum since, you know, beginning of the year saying like this player is the number one player in the draft. And I, you know, loved him over Bryce Young. So I love, I love Texas. I just think at the end of the day, it's going to be tough to compete with some of these other uh, quarterbacks and that are just you know, these other quarterbacks, right? I think we usually do our study. It's like you need double digit wins. Do you think the Texans are going get, to get to 10 or 11
0: wins? I think it's somewhat unlikely, but I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. Do you think they win that division? That I do think is possible. If not, if I had to put an odds on it, I'd pay like just over 50 50 over the Jaguars. Um, look,
2: look up the odds right now and, and we can see if like on air, because. It's just a fun bet like to see what they are for the division uh, against the Jaguars. I'm, so I'm curious. So for
0: MVP, Stroud is at uh, 2,500 behind Brock Purdy, Christian McCaffrey, and just ahead of Goff and Josh Allen.
2: I'm fine with that. Now, what are the Texans for the AFC South? That's
0: I'm that's, trying to find it.
2: That's the one that I think if there's good value, I'm going to have a number in my head and If it's better than that, I will place it
0: because I uh, I will try to find it throughout our show. <laughs> we'll come okay. back to it. <laughs> the number in my head is currently. plus
2: one seventy five.
0: Okay, let's see.
2: That 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 could be wrong. I'll give you the highest team implied totals for this week because we have the Dolphins back on the slate with a thirty point team implied total, the highest of the week. Detroit is at twenty eight and a half. Dallas is at twenty six and a half. San Francisco's at twenty six, and the aforementioned. Houston Texans at 25.8.
0: What a segue. I just found it. Yeah? So they are, to win the AFC South, DK, they're plus 275, FanDuel plus 270. Uh, There's some plus 250s out there on like Caesars and MGM. So kind of in that 250 to to plus 275
2: range. Oh, that's worth a sprinkle. Like I said, in my my initial gut reaction was plus 175. So 250, 275, that's worth a, a little bit. And plus you get to root for the Texans, which... I would say right now around footballers HQ they are our favorite team. Like everybody's just all in on CJ Stroud. We all love him. So, that's that's pretty fun. Um we mentioned those teams that are not on the main slate. The Falcons, Colts, Saints, and Patriots are all on bye. So, just general thoughts on this 10 game slate and how it feels for you.
0: Well, it's a really tricky slate because every game almost in the early window has a massive uh, spread of 10 10 and a half 12 points you know between the Raiders and the Dolphins and there's not a lot of games that actually have a close spread and the ones that do I'm kind of worried are just going to be mega chalk you know Seahawks and Rams or we just talked about uh, the Cardinals and the Texans and then the other ones that do have a tight spread their totals at like 37 or 37 and a half so it just feels like one of those weeks where you know if you get the game stack right you can do very well in tournaments but I also just want to keep leading into these teams that have these massive team totals. Uh, you know, like you mentioned, the Dolphins, the Lions, uh, the 49ers, uh, you know, even though they have a huge spread, we just saw this last week at Dallas, doesn't mean that those guys can't get there for tournaments, especially if they're ultra efficient and put up points throughout the first, you know, three, uh, three quarters or so roughly. So um, I'm going to bet on team totals this week. I'm going to bet on teams that are favored by those big spreads.
2: Let's take a quick break and we'll be right back.
1: My mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive, or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side-by-side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app.
2: Looking at the games this week, <clears throat> Man, I need to clear my throat. I had a whole break to clear my throat and I couldn't do it. I had to do it on this podcast. Um <laughs> Amateur why, hour. why is Arizona at Houston going to be probably one of the most you know, two or three most popular games?
0: Yeah, so it's just behind the Dolphins and Raiders for the highest team or the highest game total, excuse me, on the slate. It's right there with with, with the top game environments. It's got a close spread. Currently, right now it is uh Houston minus four and this is in a dome and these are two offenses that have been you know for the for the Texans obviously playing at a very high level and Kyler being back is good you know this is going to come as a shocker is good for the Cardinals offense on the season this team was averaging uh, 4.9 yards per play this past Sunday with Kyler jumped all the way up to 5.9 that's uh, one game sample is, is fluky but across the season that's going to be one of the best marks in football so just shows you kind of what this team can get when kyler plays well which kyler played very well and he was very mobile which we did not think was going to be the case he was looking awesome out there and so the tricky thing with this is it's going to be popular because there's cheap plays all over the place you know Trey mcbride is still cheap enough that you can play him Rondell moore is dirt cheap um singletary is affordable if there's no you know damian pierce um kyler is pretty affordable Marquise Brown was a, a a flop last week, so they didn't move his price, so he's still very cheap. So I like the game. I'm just a little worried that it becomes just mega chalk everywhere, kind of like what we saw last week with uh, the Bengals game.
2: Yeah, it, there's cheap enough pieces in this game. Even James Conner, uh, 5.7, is going to be a tag that we'll talk about in cash, but um, I will never play Rondale Moore, ever,
0: ever. I was kind of looking at him and I was like, man, he's interesting. He, he could be, uh, you know, come Saturday, he could be in our dart throw section. He saw... I think eight targets this past week, something like that.
2: And they, what, would they go for like 10 yards? I don't know. I didn't, I'd, he wasn't even on my radar. I I have some thoughts later. I'm going to give on the dynasty pod, just a little tease here uh, about Hollywood Brown, because I, I am worried about Hollywood Brown still.
0: Um, what are we, what are we talking about on the dynasty show tomorrow?
2: Oh, we're talking a trade of Palooza. So players to Ooh. trade away, trade for, and we have a ton of listener trade questions. So uh, a lot of trade deadlines coming up on the dynasty podcast. We'll talk about that. The game I want to mention is the one that does have the highest total. It's Vegas at Miami. People love playing the dolphins and it makes sense. They're just fun. Um, There's so many different reasons, but also at home they've hit this team implied total. Every single game at home against new England, 31 points, Carolina, 42 giants, 31. And then that game against Denver where they put up 70. So, I think they're a team that you can lean into coming off the bye, that rest advantage. Uh, I think it's also really clear. You bring it back with one of the two studs for the Raiders. Like, you just pick which one. And I think that Miami's defense definitely can give up some through the air. So I like this spot uh, for this team. So the only problem is it's very clear. You two a double stack or you two a Tyreek, and then you pick the other person. But Raheem Mostert's still cheap. People want to play Devin A. Chan if he plays. So it's a game that's going to attract some, some roster percentage for sure. Which game do you think is the sneakiest of the week?
0: I'm going to throw out this Seattle and L.A. Rams game, which you were mentioning before we started recording, that this you know, spread as of uh, Monday was Seattle favored by three. And this morning, with the news that Matthew Stafford is going to play, We have it now Rams minus one. That is a massive shift in the market uh, for Matthew Stafford. So whenever that kind of thing happens, you you raise your eyebrows and you say, okay, Vegas is telling us this game is going to stay close. They're telling us that this game total has a chance to go over. It's at 45 right now. That's one of the better game environments on the slate. So I don't know if it's going to be sneaky necessarily, but I am very interested in it if it is going to be this kind of tight spread under a field goal and a total on the rise. I'm going to throw out Dallas
2: at Carolina. We've been leaning into Dallas, you know, stacks. And I think Adam Thielen is definitely in play if you want to, um, as a bring back, but the game that I think is in the afternoon window that won't carry as much roster percentage is Tampa Bay at San Francisco, where San Francisco is another one of those double digit favorites that I think people just say, okay, well that's not a game environment I want to go to. The earlier window has much more attractive ones, but we saw last week with Brock Purdy you can stack Purdy, um, you know, CMC. You could have done Kittle or Iuke. And then the problem with the Jaguars piece is none of them got there. I mean, Christian Kirk had some volume, but I think you can find a Buccaneers piece if it's Mike Evans, KDOT, and somebody like that that you can bring bring back. So I think that game is going to be interesting. And San Francisco looked awesome, by the way. Like, just, just incredible. And the Jaguars look like they don't belong at all. Like, they were so bad. I hated watching that game. Because I Calvin Ridley did nothing.
0: Yeah. We pl- we on our shared team we had a purdy double, which was cooking early. <laughs> we had Iuka. I was like, oh baby, here we go. And then we brought it back with uh with Ridley. Yeah. Who was just he was just here for a good time this week. You know, didn't really want to catch ball, didn't want to put up points. Um I saw some like people on Twitter that like do like film stuff, film studies, were just saying like the separation isn't there and it's just not been great. So uh, I'm a little worried about Calvin Ridley. And Christian Kirk looks, looks like the dude right now. So, yeah, I think he's he should have been the play, obviously. But um, shout out to Calvin Ridley for his week one performance. That will be forgotten by everyone.
2: The Sammy Watkins uh, performance of the year. <laughs> That's right. All right, which game do you want to be underweight on?
0: Yeah, I don't think this uh, Pittsburgh and Cleveland game is for me, personally. Uh, Watson is banged up. I, I'm going to put this out there. I think he's less than 50-50 to play. I know he said after the game that he feels fine and he will play. He's in a walking boot. This is a mild high ankle sprain that gets worse throughout the week. So you have that concern. Then you add in the fact that it's Kenny Pickett on the other side. And we've talked about that with Pittsburgh, is that they just prefer to play conservative. They prefer to run the ball, which they've actually been doing decently well with Warren and Najee the last couple of weeks. Uh, Pittsburgh games are 7-2 and to the under. This is a divisional matchup. And they are playing for the second time, so these teams know each other very well. Just historically, tells you that the game usually goes under, and uh, the market specifically. I thought this was funny with the Pittsburgh games. I was looking at their their closing total as far as their Vegas total. Um, every game for them this year has been between between thirty seven points and forty three and a half. So like Vegas kind of doesn't see any wiggle room for like Pittsburgh to ever have this ceiling game performance. Um, so I, just to me, it doesn't feel like a spot that you want to attack.
2: I probably will not have much of any Giants and Commanders. I get if people are like, hey, Sam Howell, I can just repeat everything. I don't think they'll need the same passing volume that he's needed because really what's been great about Sam Howell is that they've been in competitive games. It's the first time that they've been a massive favorite, much less a double digit point favorite. So could you correlate somebody, you know, Saquon and a Washington wide receiver? Sure. That could work, but I just think it's a game environment that's at 37 and a half that I don't think you need, and we have so many other quarterbacks that we can go to this week. Like I legitimately have five or six quarterbacks I like already, and Sam Howell doesn't feel like one of those that like you have to play. Last week, it was like he was one of the three or four that we really liked, so I will be underweight on that game. Which team are you most confident hits the over?
0: Yeah, I'm going to keep rolling here with Detroit. We were on their over last week. This week, it's a higher total at 28 points. uh, But they're at home. They're taking on the Bears. Things are trending in the right direction for this offense. With the offensive line, they got healthier out of the bye week. We saw them just be dominant last week against the Chargers, both in the running and and passing game. And we know they play well when they're at home or they're in a dome. This year, they're sixth in scoring. They're 13 yards per play. They're eighth in EPA per play and seventh in success rate. Meanwhile, defensively, Chicago is 27th in EPA per play on the defensive side of the ball so even in a massive spread here i just want to bet on the lions at home they've been great i mentioned earlier the
2: dolphins at home the 30 implied team
0: in total they've hit that every
2: single week this year at home so just simple this is a good offense highest on the week and i think it's you know they could score 35 40 and put it up against the raiders so uh which team are you most confident hits the under of their team implied total
0: yeah, a lot of this just goes back to what I was mentioning with the Steelers and the Browns. Obviously, Cleveland and the Baltimore game last week got a little nutty. I don't think anyone saw that coming. But on the season, Cleveland has been dominant. I'm going to take Pittsburgh under 17 and a half points this, uh, this year, this week. They're averaging 17.3 on the season. They're 26th in yards and points per play. So it doesn't seem like a great spot. And Pittsburgh, low-key, has been so fortunate with their schedule. They have only played three road games so far on the year. Now they'd have to go on the road. Very tough test against Cleveland.
2: I hate saying it because every week we're like, oh, this is the get right spot for the Bills. They've lost three of their last four. They haven't covered the spread since week four, which is just gross. Their games have hit the under in, let me just make sure I'm counting this correct, seven of 10 weeks. It's really, really gross. And then you see them play the Jets, a team that they lost to, in week one and the Jets have only allowed two teams to hit their team implied total this year so that's a game environment that I like some of the pieces like I like Garrett Wilson a lot I think you can play Brees Hall I just worry about that being a shootout game and the Bills are not the same Bills okay so especially against a tough defense so the Bills are a team that I would take under their team implied total which is at 23 and a half right now let's move on <laughs> salary standouts. Moving on to salary standouts, we're going to talk about which players on Tuesday stand out to us. And I want to give a very clear disclaimer. These are not the players to lock into your lineup. These are the players that if you're listening to this Tuesday podcast, have a pool of players. So I, I try to outline this sometimes, but for quarterback and bets, you can kind of give me your own. At quarterback, I'm trying to find at least three quarterbacks that work that I think could work and there are different price points and I kind of shuffle through it. So three quarterbacks, I generally like four to six running backs to like put in my player pool. Wide receivers, I think you need six to nine uh, to really start to work with once you get to Friday and Saturday. So don't just say there's three wide receivers and that's it. Like you need six to nine, tight end two or three, defense you and I end up with two, maybe three depending on the week. But is that, the, is that a good general... Like overview of like don't just lock in these guys early in the week
0: yeah for sure and I think having a few I mean a quarterback it's kind of tough because the salaries are somewhat condensed you know especially on a smaller slate like a lot of the guys are in the 6k range or upper fives except for the elites but yeah running back and wide receiver especially at wide receiver I like having just a few guys at the top tier a few guys in the middle tier and then a few guys that I think you could consider as a pump play to start the week that's kind of how I do it and then like you said, as the week goes on, we get more information. We start to kind of narrow in on where you want to go. But having those options, like you said, multiple at each position is kind of the way that I start early in the week. Betts mentioned how
2: that Arizona-Houston game is going to be super popular. You can play either quarterback, but CJ Stroud is 6.9, so he's starting to get a little expensive. I like Kyler at 6.1. I think I saw enough last week that he's involved, he's running. Uh, so Kyler at 6.1 and Geno at 5.9 which terrifies me because Gino, we went there last week. And you feel like any week Gino could just implode. But um, Gino 5.9 and Kyler are my two favorites.
0: Yeah, you mentioned Stroud. It's actually 7k on DraftKings. That's where he's at. Um, Which is, I mean, if you look at the pricing, it's like, you know, two is at 77. Herbert's at 7600. Dax right there at 73. So like, I think they're doing a good job of pricing them up. But He would be more of a a tournament play for me this week, as would Jared Goff, who's at uh, 6,600. Chicago, you know, this is going to be one of those matchups where it's strength on strength. They've been so good against the run. But as we saw last week, you can definitely count on this line team to mostly have success, you know, week in and week out running the football with Gibbs and Montgomery with the offensive line playing the way they are. But if they choose to throw in this spot, I think Goff stacks are very interesting because he's kind of in that no man's land price range at 6600. But as we know, he plays very well at home uh, and in a dome. So I like golf for tournaments for cash. My lean right now is Purdy, who's at 5.8 taking on the Bucks uh, as a pass funnel defense. It's kind of just been the story with Purdy. Like he's so efficient, you know, week in and week out completing a high rate of his passes. They got Trent Williams back last week. They got Debo Samuel back last week. Obviously Iyuken and CMC are doing their thing. They got one of the highest team applied totals on the slate. It feels like a good way to get exposure to an awesome offense. So
2: do you feel like the expensive tier, like the guys that we usually would pay up for Lamar, Herbert, Hertz, Josh Allen, like are any of those guys like cash viable for you though?
0: Well, I I would not play Jalen Hurts this week or Pat Mahomes. That's Kyle, what I'm saying. Like they we can't. Because they're we on can't the main slate. We can't
2: no, my point is my point I was trying to make is that none of oh. those expensive guys <laughs> so I'm kind of like wiping off anybody over seven and a half.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. Um yeah, I mean it's Josh Allen at eighty two hundred. you just can't go there in cash right now, right? It's just price prohibitive and you can't even count on the thirty point, you know, output that you were getting last year on a routine basis. So no way. And then these other guys, you know, like I mentioned, Tua, Herbert, Dak, totally fine tournament options. I just think when you're thinking about the way DraftKings has priced quarterbacks this year, they're kind of underpricing really good quarterback plays in the five and six K range week yes. in and week out. And that money to me goes a long way when you save it to go up to a stud wide receiver or running back.
2: No. And I think my point more is saying like my initial feel of the slate is that because the field won't lean into that. Like, you don't have to have the same fear. Like, is Josh Allen going to bury me? Well, like, I don't right. know. In a tournament, I think you know, Josh Allen's going to be like 3 4%, which makes him interesting because we know he's volatile. He could you know, easily go off for 35 points. But you don't have to be scared about those kind of plays in cash because nobody's going to be playing. Like, nobody's going to be playing digs this week. He's going to show up as a totally fine play at his price point. But based on what happened, the vibes, and the price... You just don't have to be fearful. So, this mid tier of quarterbacks that Betts and I keep bringing up, I feel like almost every single week, and we have the last couple, they're just great values. So, uh, Goff, Purdy, Kyler, Gino are our early favorites in the week. Let's go to running back. And I, I said it earlier Tony Pollard will probably be right now be a play that's going to, I'm going to recommend. And am I just a sick, sick person? And it's okay if you're listening, you're like, what an idiot, Kyle. Hey, your boy here cashed with Tony Pollard. I just rode that five and a half points.
0: <laughs> the most hollow stat line of all time: fifteen carries for fifty-five yards, or whatever it was. Um, I, yeah, hey, I cashed too with him, so I guess I don't. I'm not <laughs> that mad at him. Uh, but it makes sense. It's just the matchup, right? Everyone gets there against Carolina. They are allowing more than one rushing touchdown per game to running backs. Look, man, it's gonna happen at some point, right? Right. Right, Kyle? He's, he's got to find the end zone at some point. If Tony Pollard doesn't start scoring touchdowns, my kids might not have a Christmas this year. So um, he's, he's in play. I'm not sure if I'll go there yet, but he's in play because he's cheap. I'll also throw out Devin Singletary, uh, who, by the way, turned into Barry Sanders overnight last week. It just went bonkers. If there's still no Damian Pierce at 5,300 against the Cardinals, that's a matchup we've been attacking all year, he would be almost a no-brainer playing cash.
2: These are the boys the last couple of weeks, you know, Pollard, Singletary, who we also recommended this past week. Um, yeah, I I get it. If like you don't play DFS, though, based on pure emotions, you can't do that. And moving forward, you just look at a matchup. You look at player X, you look at the team implied total and the price and what do they have to do with the price? So I get it. I get it. If you're just done, if you don't want to do it, that's fine. Don't play DFS that way or else you're going to miss out on some absolute blow up spots for certain players. I think Tony Pollard though, like I'm just I think people are still going to play him based on how he do DFS.
0: Yeah, if this was 5 years ago, I think no one would play him. But everyone uses projections to to set lineups these days or uses an optimizer and so he's going to project well because he's going to probably project for what would you say like 15 ish give or take carries yeah. and probably 3 to 4 targets is probably going to be like his base projection. That's going to project well at his price. So you can make your own decision if, if you're out. You're out. If you want to fade in tournaments, I think that's fine. But as far as cash plays, like he makes all the sense in the world. Yeah, and I, I just,
2: you know, all the hate. All the hate just fuels me to want to play him more. It just... <laughs> I love it. Um, some other guys in the 6K range. Brees Hall at 6.4 against a Buffalo defense that can't tackle. Like, like that's a huge problem. I don't know if you saw it on Monday night against Javante and crew, but they've been one of the worst tackling units in the NFL. And uh, Brees Hall, I think, is a solid play at 6.4. Aaron Jones at 6.2 against the Chargers at home is another play that I'm kind of interested in at that price point. I think that's too cheap. And then James Connor at 5.7 on the road. I obviously wouldn't play Connor and Singletary in the same lineup, but I think Connor is... Um, going to get the workload and we've kind of played running backs against the Texans for a while. Anybody else you want to mention?
0: No, I think those are kind of my, my favorites. I did just want to throw out two with Brees Hall. This is an awesome spot to catch the football against this Bills defense. They are bottom five in targets, receptions, and yards to the position on a weekend and week out basis. And it's kind of been rough for Brees as far as running the football, but he's been great in the passing game. So I just want to highlight that I'm interested in him for that reason. Um, but no, I think those are my favorite plays. Like you mentioned, this kind of lower 6K and upper 5K range looks like the sweet spot this week.
2: The best part about the Jets, which is not a sentence I thought I would say, the best part about the Jets is that it's pretty is con- nothing. is condensed, <laughs> right? Like it's Brees or Garrett Wilson. I could not fathom playing anyone else. Garrett Wilson, let me give you his target counts for the last five games. 14, 7, 12, 13, 13, 14. And his DK points, 15, 8.4. 17, 20.6, 14, and 8.3. That should be a player on DraftKings that should be priced in the 7K range, but he's only 6.4. So I like Garrett Wilson a lot in terms of cash, guaranteed targets. On FanDuel, I think he's a great play too at 7K. So Garrett Wilson, early in the week, I feel like I want to play one of those two Jets. I mentioned earlier, I don't like the overall game environment, but I do like those two players at their price points. The same price, by the way.
0: Yeah, he's also one of the most obvious regression candidates to catch a touchdown. Just Zach Wilson, please, dude, just throw a touchdown pass. (laughs) He has uh, no touchdown receptions since week two, despite that insane volume. So seems like an interesting guy, especially if he's going to be lower rostered to to bet on a tournament seems interesting.
2: Yeah, there's a lot of guys that we talked about last week, and I mentioned them again because their prices are relatively the same. DeAndre Hopkins, 6.1. You know, he still has a 28% target share. And with Will Levis, that's up over 30%. Deontay Johnson, it didn't work out last week, but you'll take targets at 5K. He looks like just a simple, solid option. Not sexy at all. Hollywood Brown, 5.3, another solid option. I also like Michael Wilson. If you want to go down a little bit deeper with the Cardinals at 3.4, and we'll talk about Trey McBride because he's on another level right now too. But um, what are some names that you like?
0: Yeah, also throughout uh, Tank Dell, it's same conversation as last week, right? It's like if Nico Collins isn't there, they only bumped him up 400 bucks, and he's, I mean, aside from Noah Brown, he's been the focal point of the offense as far as the passing game goes. Um, and this is the issue I was talking about with this game. It's just there's so many cheap plays, like you mentioned, uh, that he'd be in play for cash. Also throughout, too, if you did want to spend up, Amon Ra looks rock solid against this Bears pass defense, as we've talked about with golf at home. So that's kind of a correlative play with my golf take this week. Um, so those are kind of my, my favorite options there at wide receiver.
2: And I'm I'm surprised you didn't mention your buddy, Noah Brown, who his salary went up $1,100. So he's $4,800. let us say that Collins is out. Would you take the savings from Tank and go down to Noah Brown?
0: Probably not for cash. Probably you just,
2: not. You don't think he's the next big thing.
0: I mean, he's gotten, he's been so efficient. If you look at his last two games, he's, he's had six and eight targets, which is good, especially for a 4K wide receiver. But if the price is going to come up and he's not commanding that like double digit target count, then I'm a little hesitant to buy into it. But man, the matchup's great and I get it. My tricky thing with that is if Nico's out and Damian Pierce is out, I'm probably going to want to play Singletary because he's so cheap. Yep. And then probably Tank. So it's like a max two of the Texan situation.
2: You don't believe in the player that's number one in the league in yards per target.
0: Which is also funny because I've been, I'm in a competitive league with a bunch of industry folks. Jason's in it, Um, a couple of their writers and podcasters and stuff. And man, it was a rough bye week. And I was like, I guess I'm going to roll with Noah Brown this week again, man. (laughs) Just watching him go bonkers. I was like, oh my gosh, Noah Brown turned into Randy Moss. What happened here? So, um, dude, he was like a blocking blocking wide receiver in Dallas. I don't understand what just happened.
2: Yeah, it's the this Ohio State connection. I don't like. It's awesome. It's fun to watch because it's literally out of nowhere. A player that didn't have a job was behind Robert Woods, and then all of a sudden they're just unleashing him, let him go bananas. But at tight end, there's no Kelsey, no Andrews, and no T.J. Hawkinson. Who, man, I don't care what the price is for T.J. Hawkinson. Like play that dude because Josh Dobbs only cares to throw to him. But. We don't have any of those guys. So our slate's a little different this week. Do you think people are just going to go back to T. McBee? He's now 4.4. But unbelievable stuff. Like his yards per route run numbers on the year are right there with Kelsey. So Trey McBride is probably our early standout. And Dalton Kincaid's fine. He's 4.9. He's a little bit more expensive. He's fine. And then our route running boy, route running king, dare I say, Cade Otten. At three point four is just cheap enough. If you wanted to play him, any any tight end thoughts? I know you got a lot of tight end thoughts early in the week.
0: Oh man, this is this is where I, this is where I, I shine. Um, I have several thoughts. One, Trey McBride is the best play on the slate. <laughs> um, when you consider pricing, like we talked about this a little bit throughout the season, the pricing is just different this year. We used to be able to find a two point eight guy that you could plug in or a three point one guy that you felt really good about, but like man. Tyler Higby's done nothing. He's 3.3. Donald Parham, I guess, will be okay at 3.1 if Gerald Everett is out. But like, I don't know. Dana Bellinger's 3K. You know, like, there's no good plays down there. So, I think going up to Trey McBride makes all the sense in the world. It goes against everything that I've done for the last three or four years in DFS, but he's getting so much usage, and it's a decent up, matchup. So, I think McBride is great. I think Kincaid is very interesting for tournaments the jets you can you can attack them with tight ends and i feel like everyone kind of is uh you know has a sour taste in their mouth with the bills so i think he's interesting for tournaments uh for cash my lean is mcbride right now but we'll see throughout the week
2: yeah i feel like i already am setting up lineups where i do a garrett wilson dalton Kincaid mini correlation um with that game at defense there are a lot of different options this week there are total punt options like if you just want to say screw it I like you can call them defenses that just get slaughtered, but they're so cheap. Who cares? It's like what we did with the giants that one week. We're like, I don't care if they give me negative points. I just don't care. Um, the Panthers are 2.2. 2. Punt it off a bridge. If you need to do that, the bears are 2.4. Also massive underdogs, punt it off a bridge. The Raiders 2.5. Those are all cheap, but I think the two options you have on here stand out early in the week.
0: Yeah. I think if you're going way down there, I would just play the, the Packers, man. 2,300, yeah. they're at home, they're taking on the Chargers, and we know Justin Herbert will drop back a ton, which is how you get fantasy points as a defense is sacks and turnovers and, and things like that. So I think that makes a lot of sense, especially with his skill group really banged up and injured. Uh, but it kind of feels like the Cowboys 2.0, right, of last week. Obviously, they didn't really do anything to pay off their tag. They, were eight ca- or, uh, they had eight points and they were 4,400. This week they're 4,100, but it's almost the same scenario. They're not at home, but they are on the road taking on Carolina and Bryce Young, which, end of story. And they are, again, double-digit favorites. So it's like the same play as last week. Um, I think an interesting fade in tournaments, but you could make the argument that they're worth it in cash because they are going to project probably for 11 points, 12 points like they did last week. So what are your thoughts on the Cowboys at 4.1?
2: Yeah, I think it's the same conversation as last week. You're building in some chalk. But there's are ceiling with a defense that's cheaper than what they were last week. I do think they won't be as popular. Like, I think so. Last week in my double up, I'm looking at it right now, they were 44%. I'm going to say that they come in around 30, 25, 30. So it's a little different conversation where the whole field's not going to do it. And then you have to ask yourself, like, okay, what am I gaining? So I think those are the two defenses, though, early in the week Dallas or Green Bay, all the way at 2.3. Ask yourself the question a 4.1 player, a wide receiver or tight end, what do I need them to do? What is their ceiling? You know, and so you're kind of compare that with a couple of players. Like last week, JSN was 4.1, and you had to ask yourself, like, okay, JSN, what's he going to give me? Like eight points, 10 points? Or am I going to get a defense that's going to get eight points, but has a ceiling of 20 points? And that's kind of the conversation you have to go back and forth. But uh, we'll see. I, I, I like that the field didn't get what they wanted last week. And so they'll just say, Oh, that didn't work. I need to move on. But I think you're still building in the same conversation. It's the same conversation. And I would argue like the giants were super conservative, like way over the top conservative. The sacks were there. I do think the Panthers will throw more than the giant. The giants just laid down and just, just said, destroy us. I think there's more opportunities for interceptions, turnovers this week. So, um, yeah, is, does that make sense? The game theory part.
0: Totally. Yeah, and and this is, it's always a good reminder too. It's like, man, you know, in, in tournaments, I even heard, you know, some folks kind of talking about like, man, they're they're a good tournament play, the Cowboys, and I was like, ah, I don't know. Last week, like, they're going to be thirty percent in large field stuff, maybe even higher in small field, and we just know it's volatile. But like you're saying in cash, if the field is going to do it and you can make the case for it, it makes sense. So if we get cheap options like last week, you could do it. Because you got, you know, Trenton Irwin at literally 3K as a play that you can make it work. Just kind of depends on how the slate works as far as pricing and that that sort of thing. But if you have the money, you really can't poke many holes in this spot.
2: Yeah, and Dallas was in the late window this past week. This this week during the early, where like if you were behind the cash line, if you're like, hey, my, my early plays failed, then getting off Dallas and having a different roster construction is what you needed to do. This week, it's a different conversation because they play first. So keep that in mind. If you want to play with us, go to ballersdfs.com or DraftKings League. Fantasy Footballers DFS Borg plus Bets Bets. there was a contest that I was in and I didn't do so hot. It just, just, just didn't go so well with our listeners. They took my money. I did have a contest where within the first five minutes, I had Ravens defense, Trenton Irwin, and Brandon Ayuk. I literally had the first three touchdowns of the day. And I said to myself, <laughs> I am going to crush today. That That team didn't cash at all.
0: <laughs> oh, pain. DFS is, is the best and the worst all at the same time.
2: Yes, yeah, Just recommendation. Don't send the screenshots early. Don't post them early. Don't send them to your spouse or your friends early. You got to wait, wait till the very, very, very end. Um, I will send bet something. If you know, we will send each other something. like, Hey dude, this team is, is hot right now. I've got like five or six flames. I'm contending. We'll send that in the afternoon window, but often those teams get buried just because yep <laughs> somebody else has it so um ballersdfs.com if you want to play with those bets sign us off
0: yes sir fun show today i'm excited for this slate another kind of feels like gross 10 game slate which they're always my favorite so we'll see you on friday for the preview of the main slate uh enjoy the week we'll catch you on friday
1: Thank you for listening to another edition of the Fantasy Footballers DFS Betting Podcast. Don't forget to visit us on the web at thefantasyfootballers.com.